Hello everybody and welcome to the Cana Rinse Podcast, Volume 3, Issue 121. You can play along with Cana Rinse, Volume 3, and our next five issues are Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, then it's Infamous and Infamous 2, Papo and Yo, then we're back to Super Mario Land, but this time it's Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2, and following that we have the first of two shows about Valve's Portal. I'd almost forgotten we were doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule, the blog, links to our forum, merchandise stall, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and YouTube channel. And as ever, we always say, but please do subscribe, review, and rate us on the iTunes. Now, joining me, Leon Catterquack Cox, in this issue, Tony Electro Cooper Atkins. Hello. And Darren Pokey Sprout Gargett. I, I don't know what these enemies are. What, what, huh? Super Mario Sunshine! Woo-hoo! First thing I wanted to talk about was actually the perception of the perception of Super Mario Sunshine. Um, it struck me, because of some of the, the, the feedback we got both on the forum and on Twitter, that this is not the first time this has happened, but this is a game where a lot of people have decided that everyone hates <laughs> this game. But this is weird because most of the feedback we got was people saying how it's hated and how they, do, they don't understand why it's hated. We got virtually no hatred for the game. So it's that there seems to be a disconnection between the fact that some people are critical about elements of this game and some reviews were at the time, but not, not really in any major sense. So just to give you an example... Uh, some of our contributors Cass said I can understand why people didn't like it Hayes Red Mist says seriously underrated by who we don't know Chase 210 it's not as bad as people say it is Tatsun better than reported reported by who Michael Hughes inexplicably hated but Leon surely the reviews also hated it right yeah it got terrible reviews across the board no wait a minute it's game rankings average uh, from 76 reviews, and that is uh, many organs and outlets, magazines, websites. Um, obviously, we're going back to 2002 here, but some of these reviews are more contemporary. This is amateur and professional sites. This is the big ones, the small ones, and whoever. The average ranking is 91.5. Now, by comparison, that is lower than Super Mario 64, 96.41. But interestingly, it's higher than the DS version of Super Mario 64 that we talked about previously mm. that had a ranking of only 86.31% uh, from all its a- average reviews and that came out only a couple of years after Super Mario Sunshine Super Mario Galaxy uh, you know, up things again with a significant leap it must be said to, to a whopping 97.64 yeah, <laughs> it's an extraordinary score but the, the perception that it was this game was widely criticised just isn't bared out there are two reviews below 80% for Super Mario Sunshine one of which is 50% one of which is 60% one of those is from game critics who are notoriously harsh on games and uh, will perhaps focus on a game's flaws Um, I'm not sure if that one was done at the time or much more recently 74 reviews of 80 to 100% for Super Mario Sunshine and of those 65 reviews are 90 to 100%. Mm. 
31 of those are 95 to 100%, and 13 reviews are 100% or 5 out of 5 or gold star or mm. whatever. So that is not a game that was panned in any way. I, th- I think Mario games do get a little bit of lenience on it just because of the franchise, probably. It's almost like it may be difficult as a reviewer going into the big new Mario game in mm. 2002, having coming off the expectation of Super Mario 64 five years ago, do you want to be the one who <laughs> gives the... Gives, yeah, <laughs> well, of course. And, and as I say, I don't know if that was in 2002 or, or much more recently, um, but so one or two people did, gave it a, a lower score, but you know, did did reviewers, a lot of whom are young and not that confident, do they want to be the one who say, actually, this Mario game's kind of really got some quite... You know, it's got some problems, so I'm going to only give it a seven. Um you know, and would that even? I mean, there's no such thing so, as a right score. So, it's only so to your point is though, I think the the yeah. general perception is that Super Mario Sunshine is uh, one of the less liked Mario games in the series. Um, yet, <sighs> people say yet, it's hated. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like say the the correspondence and and even even trolling around the internet just looking for information on this game. There there seems to be this hugely apologetic stance on. Well, I like Super Mario Sunshine. It's over YouTube. It's over. And our correspondence is entirely different. Few people who had negative things to say, and even those who were very positive about the game. I mean, Edge Edge magazine gave it a nine. I remember this. It was probably the first review I read. You know, I used to religiously read Edge at that point. They gave it a nine, and they said it's slightly disappointing after Super Mario 64, and it's got some issues with the camera, and it's got some rough edges, but it's really good. You know, it's nine. It's outstanding. That means we give this an out. We say this game is outstanding and well worth your time and money. It, it's it's no. I mean, that's that's my point here. Is this is this is more a general point about Kane and Rince that I wanted to stress. That firstly, it's interesting how it, this happened. This has happened with a number of games. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the others at this point. But this perception where. N- Obviously, it's not scientific because certain kinds of people listen to us and certain kinds of people are motivated to to correspond about certain games. And maybe they're the people who do feel they have to defend it, whereas the people who hate the game have got no interest in talking to us. So I, I concede that. But actually, my experience of Super Mario Sunshine over the last 10, 11 and a half years is people saying this same thing. Yeah. Oh, Anadotes everyone hates this. It, everyone hates this except me. Well, no, that's clearly not true because everyone's saying that. So, well, not everyone, a large amount of people are saying that. So, but the main thing I wanted to say on this is that when Kane Rince talks about a game, when we as individuals, we talk about, we're always coming from the perspective of we're just talking honestly about our experience of the game. We, we don't care about perceived reputations we're interested in other people's opinions of course that's why we have correspondence that's why we have a community and why we have a panel we're interested in the mixture of opinions but there's no agenda there's no bias there's no we feel we should defend the game because everyone hates it in in quotes or when it's a when it's a much loved game feel you know that's the perception of a game that everybody loves um, that we should try and bring it you know bring it down even more interesting is when we go back to a game that is relatively old and issues have brought up because of the time you know technology surrounded around that game how playable it is now it's interesting to have that discussion of how how things have changed and how that could affect anybody going back to a game and sometimes that's difficult to to you know put a review out there like that but it's fascinating and interesting so yeah i agree the perception this game certainly going back into it now was that it was a bit of a mess um yeah yeah Going back and looking, like just say, looking at the reviews. The reviews were pretty much universally positive. Yeah, um, just not so. as positive as they had been for the previous. The, the, I mean, the thing is, it was. But I think, and I think part of the 
the, the general if there was a general slight disappointment about Sunshine it had come off the back of Super Mario Brothers <laughs> mm. like Super Mario Brothers 2 is obviously is a whole different issue and there were two Super Mario Brothers 2 Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of the m- most loved and highest rated games of all time Super Mario World is one of the most loved and highest rated games of all time Super Mario 64 you get the you get yeah. the picture and then Galaxy came the other side and is certainly one of the highest rated um, and this came here and it you know, as I'm sure we'll discuss, I think we'll all agree it has a few issues that perhaps the other games didn't have to the same degree. And I think I think that's partly why this game has the reputation of not being liked, because it wasn't a Mario launch title. Because it was a Mario game following from Mario 64, which featured Luigi's Mansion-like mechanics in that you have a, a backpack strapped to you. And you know you were doing things that you wouldn't do normally in a Mario game. Similarly, because we, we obviously took we've reviewed Luigi Mansion on, on Kane Rinse, and that is a game that seemingly people were apologetic for liking. And um, I remember at the time, certainly people were like, "No, actually, it's not." You know, the reviews were kind of slightly middling, mm. um, and people were like, "Well, this isn't a Mario game." But actually, going back to it, it's a fantastic game, and it mm. still is a fantastic game. Uh, yeah, and we played the sequel since then. But I think people were disappointed it wasn't a Mario game and it should have launched with a Mario game and they got Luigi, you know, the knockoff instead. And actually, it's a great game, Luigi's Mansion. I think the reviews were so positive because, as we said, like it's a sequel to Mario 64, so you know the, the, there is a lot of expectations. And I think compared to other 3D platform games of that era, it is actually you know a good playable game. There is a, there is a really good game in there. But I think compared to things like Dr. Muto and Vex and Spyro's playstation 2 adventures and stuff i think i think like you know if you compare it to that to the rest of the genre mario sunshine definitely stood out so the game originally came out in time for the summer holidays in japan which made perfect sense july the 19th 2002 august in america and we got this uh, happy happy sunshine game uh, just as autumn was setting in um australia of course got it just as summer was setting in in october 2002 Perfect. but we got it just as the skies Why were darkening the, hate, the, drizz- the drizzle was coming but perhaps it should have brightened our lives and in, in some ways I, you know it, I, I was excited about picking it up and that was part of it you know the vibe the vibe looked the, the vibe looked cool so uh, a key you know a key thing about this game being perhaps feeling different having certain aspects which we we wouldn't have expected although it's Nintendo EAD this game had a new director y- uh, Yoshiaki Koizumi um, since gone on to uh, he went on to direct uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat and produce as um, sorry and direct Super Mario Galaxy as head of that team so this was his first um, Mario game as director uh, along with Kenta Usui so that tells you a lot in itself he'd taken over the reins for the first time from the the direction of Shigeru Miyamoto and Takeshi Tezuka exactly (laughs) Um, this was like when Eiji Elma took over from Miyamoto with Zelda Mm. Um, and uh, obviously his first one where he was fully in charge was Majora's Mask Uh, also uh, perhaps perhaps held in higher regard than Sunshine by some if the perception is to be believed Mm. but perhaps uh, perhaps it was uh, less obviously a, a kind of transition it was more um it was on the same generation of machines majora's mask so it didn't and it was using the same engine and a lot of the same assets even as ocarina of time mm. so it didn't have that whole wow this okay this is a new producer new new generation of consoles new vibe and so on um the game has uh, a writer credited which i'm sure is the first for a mario game <laughs> uh, makoto wada because obviously it does have uh, cutscenes and uh, and a script of uh, after mm. a fashion 
Um, Koji Kondo returns as composer and is aided and abetted by Shinobu Tanaka. Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, the game sold uh, 6.3 million over the world, um, four of which in America, 1.26 in Europe, uh, only 0.87 million in Japan. Um, and uh, compare that to Super Mario 64's 22 million and Super Mario Galaxy's 11 million. And yeah, it's about yeah, a, a quarter of Super Mario 64's total sales. But um, although the N64 wasn't considered a massive commercial success as mm. a console, it probably was a bigger hit than the GameCube in terms of worldwide numbers, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, so Tony, uh, was it, uh, you know, rush out by the new Mario game day one for you? I mean, let's face it, coming off Mario 64, I've already stated it was one of my all-time favourite games, and yes. like any sane person, I think, at that point who owned a Nintendo console, a release of Mario is a very big thing. Now, you could argue that's degenerated a little bit in you know it, further down the generations we've had, but certainly in the GameCube. You know, I picked up a GameCube, you know, wanting Mario and it, having Luigi's Mansion, thoroughly enjoying that. But there was no doubt that the feeling was we were waiting for the real deal to hit. So yeah, definitely day one, I had it, I played it, uh, played it to completion, um, right. and my memories of it was that I I really did enjoy it very much. Um, okay, I don't know if I ever went crazy enough to get all the blue coins etc and go <laughs> crazily deep but I, I certainly got enough shines to, to fight Bowser etc and uh, a few more I sh- I th- have you uh, have you just been back a little or have you been back through it uh, I've been back a bit all over the place um, I've, I haven't normally I tried to complete the games entirely yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every time every show I do but you know through time limits and actually through some some pad for only frustrations mm. um <laughs> I I you know I went back and, and didn't get as far as I wanted, uh, mm. which is a shame. I think I was up to thirty something odd, but yeah, you know, mm. a, a decent amount, a, yeah. enough to get a real feeling um, yep. of what the game is and, and plays now. But Darren Gargett, mm. day one. Oh yeah, this was like I was at my height of sort of Nintendo fanboyism, <laughs> importing right. like with most Mario games, not so much the later games, but like the, you know the GameCube era, the N64 era. I remember exactly when I first saw it, how I saw it, when I saw it, and this one I was up in Coventry, and uh, we were having a Smash Brothers like LAN tournament, I guess. And we were all, you know, we're all GameCube fans. Monkey Ball was in the Monkey Target was being yeah. played and all that, and I remember just dozing off um, in my mate's house at Coventry and he he ran upstairs he's like guys something's been announced a new Mario game's been announced we're like oh <laughs> get out of bed straight away and I remember running downstairs looking at the computer because you know the internet was around at this time and it's quite po- it was very popular and uh, and we, we saw the screenshots and I was like oh is it what is, is that it and I, I remember the first time I saw it was Sort of like th- four pokies surrounding Mario on a on a, on a you know a Pianta style village uh, townhouse. I was just like, oh, so it's not a sequel to Mario sixty four then, <laughs> and was kind of a bit underwhelmed by the first impressions. Um, that I that def- I distinctly remember the um, the art style not being to my tastes, but it didn't stop me from pre ordering it. Uh, Japan day one import, you know, get, get the shine gets, have the little tiny GameCube um, case in my hands, and then I. I bought it American as well because <laughs> I, I had to, and then I bought it uh, PAL as well. So yeah, I had it three times. Wow! And yeah, okay. I, I played Hardcore. it. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a bit bad. and I know you've been back um, because I watched your quick rinse, which we'll we'll put up with mm. this podcast uh, when when that goes up. Um, and I know that uh, I mean we'll, we'll get onto the graphics in full, but I remember you 
also commenting as well as on that scenario there's, there's one particular wall texture that you despise it it, uh, it reminds me of Chirac 64 and I don't say that as a throwaway <laughs> comment like there is the texture in the first level Bianca Hills it wraps around the whole of the outside of the level and it is a horrible green and white sort of mouldy moss and it just it's supposed to look like uh, attractive green creepers on a sun bleached stone no, Whoa. no, no! It looks like someone's thrown a yogurt against the wall, and then some <laughs> don't like it. It looks like it's melted in the sun. I think it's it's overused, and it just ruins the look of the sort of the perimeter of that level. Um, it you don't really see it later on as much, or it's not as in your face because it's actually quite down low, and you are running right next to mm. it, and it is really blurry as if it was an N sixty four texture. Um, but yeah, that's that. It that whenever I think of Mario Sunshine as a memory that texture pops into my head same as Interesting. Chirac as well yeah um, yeah I remember the I remember the pre-release screenshots of um, Delfino Plaza and, and being interested but slightly concerned about mm. the mm. about the direction of the game um, obviously before we saw anything like that uh, there had been talk of Super Mario 128 uh, a direct sequel mm. um, using the you know the hitherto unavailable powers of the GameCube which basically you know felt after the N64 the graphics on the GameCube felt like HD you know, mm-hmm. compa- it was they like did, as yeah. big a leap, um, uh, and it was you know Luigi's Mansion. We 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 all talked about on that podcast ages ago how gorgeous we thought it looked, um, and uh, and so it was just exciting to think that Mario was you know coming to uh, you know higher higher resolution graphics mm. and perhaps you know we knew that the Nintendo was using discs for the first time, so even though it was a small format disc it would have more storage space and they wouldn't have the issue with having you know overly expensive cartridges to produce and things like that so there was definitely some buzz leading up to this some excitement um and uh yeah i certainly bought it uh day one i'd read at least at least that edge review if not others saying that uh this you know this this was disappointing in some ways but you know, you you had to have it as a as a Mario fan, as a Nintendo gamer, as a GameCube owner. I think that still stands um, now, to be honest. Well, this is the thing. Now, this is one of the only Mario games that I did not complete. I played up to uh, over a relatively brief period, but given that I rattled through 242 stars on Super Mario Galaxy in about a fortnight, um, 60 hours... Um, I picked away at this game mm. um, until I got up to about I'm pretty sure it was 55 shine mm. sprites and you can finish the game at 51 just by being yeah I didn't finish it oh, yeah okay. no I I didn't get because I hadn't worked out the thing we're, we're, there's some correspondence relating to this in a minute I hadn't actually worked out how to progress the game necessarily um, it's not as obvious it's not just like mm. you need this many shines to open this door so even though I'd had some fun with it up to that point I wasn't I wasn't in love with the game world, but more more than that, even though I'd had a lot of fun with a lot of the shines, it was I was just getting bogged down, and I thought, well, this is just going to get worse and harder and harder and worse from my point of view. Mm. And so I gave up. Um, I kept the game for a long time, but eventually I sold it, thinking I'm never going to play that again. Deleted the save off my memory oh, card. Little did you know. And that was... Well, that was it. And, um, you know, that is pretty much unheard of behavior for me with the Mario game I wanted to love this game I'd adored Mario 64 and World and 3 and uh, I was really excited for this um, but in the end I've uh, thank you to my friend Pete who lent me his copy who he's, which he's kept I don't think he's ever finished it either mind you um, and yes booted up the GameCube started over from scratch I'm quite glad I hadn't kept the save file and actually uh, just before recording I got the the last of the normal main shine sprites so that oh, is well 
uh, everyone, everyone but some of the secret ones from the um, blue coins and hub level. So I've got 84 or something, so well beyond completion. And I completed it this afternoon, first time I'd ever seen the final boss, which took me about seven or eight lives, maybe eight or nine. Ah. Um, but it is done, and it felt fantastic to have finally done that Mario game mm. that I hadn't finished. Yeah. So you you relive the um, the introduction to the game then? In terms of the uh, the the law of the, the sort of the courtroom drama, it's a delightful segue. Um, yeah, so that was one of the first things. Obviously, when we talked about Super Mario sixty four, we talked about the famous malleable interactive face. Uh, that was your intro to Super Mario sixty four before being thrown into the world and given what one screen of well less than a screen of text really, so a few mm. lines of text. Mm. Rescue Peach, in you go. You know this the drill. game. Yeah. This game, because they now had discs and they had, uh, you know, video compression and all that sort of thing, we got pre-rendered cartoon cutscenes with voice acting, mm. which is what Mario fans had always wanted. <laughs> really, I'd seen the cartoon in the nineties. I weren't really up for them talking <laughs> for more than two words at a time. <laughs> I'd forgotten just how bad it was until I loaded it up. It's not. It's not that. It's. I find it funny in a cheesy sort yeah. of comical way. But the the most offensive thing about it is that you can't skip it, and I find that just so infuriating because I've seen it so many times light and fluffy sort of cheesy dialogue I just don't really want to listen to for like the you know the fifth time I'm playing this game it's the oddest thing obviously you know Mario he's been a hard working plumber you know a saver of the princess so many times he deserves a holiday he's a hero I kind of like that setup. I like the fact that Mario (laughs) is actually going on a holiday now for the first time it feels like the first time ever in his life he's going to have a break it's a different I mean you've got a even before you get to the bit you're talking about there's the You've got the attract mode, yeah. which uh, you know features him on the plane, and Mario's dreaming mm. of um, seafood, and this is uh, only only game in which he wears a short sleeve shirt. Trivia fans, <laughs> um, and then you get to, to when you when you land, you get to the plot, and yes, it, it, it's an odd one because at, at first, at least, it's not the usual Bowser turns mm-hmm. up and kidnaps kidnaps Peach. It's like um, what is it? Is it Liquid Mario? I've never known his name. Is it Shadow, Shadow Mario? Mario. Shadow. Okay, yeah. sorry, yeah. I've been playing in Japanese recently, so it's all a bit of a blur to me yeah. in terms of plot because mm. they do speak in English, but they, they never really. Yeah. Well, they confuse you for him, obviously, because one's yeah. red and blue, and the other one's sort of see-through blue. I can see why you'd get confused. I love where where Peach is looking at the the Shadow Mario and going Mario, and they're all like <laughs> they're all like oblivious doing whatever, and then Mario ends up in a court, and then gets charged it was like that's that's a bit weird right like mm. mario in a courtroom being charged for something it just doesn't set well no it doesn't and it's unusually negative um. and you feel like you're a criminal because you're being told <laughs> you're a criminal and it, and it's not kind of carried through either because almost inevitably when you go into levels you're not being treated as a criminal nah. you're being treated as some sort of savior mm. um especially in pianta village where the mayor keeps saying help help us again mario <laughs> um so you are the hero but but also people are running away people only get mildly annoyed when you waterboard them with the uh, with the flood <laughs> which is <laughs> which is odd in itself mm. yeah it's it's just it it really sets the tone oddly we were talking so much and again i will stress i know that the perception of atmosphere and and tone and and magic if you want to call it that is such a personal and subjective thing but from the off this game felt wrong to Mm. me it didn't feel like a mario game and i know that was partly deliberate with the the non-mushroom kingdom Mm -hmm. setting and things like that but it and it still it still has the same atmosphere i play it now i'm you know 11 years older it still has it has its vibe as i 
feel it mm. but it's not it's not one that I particularly engage with unlike 64 and Galaxy yeah, which where I'm just immediately I love this I love this place it's, it's really odd because it expands through the entirety of the game so I mean the story's there for, and but it, I mean that story's done pretty quickly but even in in the way that you how the how you interact with the different worlds um, you know once you kind of zoom into them fair enough but I remember one of the criticisms we got from Mario 64 was that um, you know the world doesn't feel like it's congealed very much together. They, you mm. know, some of them feel very much fantasy, and it doesn't feel like you're just inside the mansion. And that's one of the things I loved about Mario 64: the way that you know they could just play with expectations and mess around. Yeah. Yet here you're on an island that they kind of feel like they need to address that for whatever reason, and it all takes place on the island. Which you know, fair enough, that's one way to go with it. But then it, it leaves everything feeling slightly too samey like a lot of the levels although there's different stuff in there because everything has to have that island mm. setting it quite often it feels like you haven't really progressed through the game you know but like you say that that same old texture kind of appears over and over again it, and to me it felt like it made the game feel longer than it was because you didn't really go on these these fantasy travels Delfino Island never really felt like an adventure like the Mario Castles did from Mario 64 it's, it feels really Small and while there's quite a bit to do in terms of you know unlocking new power ups to then boost through doors to get shine sprites, I do feel like a uh, Delfino Island. Uh, you know you do get in a cannon and blast off to uh, Pinner Park and you know you do see a, a dirty shine sprite, a massive one at the top of the um the, you know the statue monument type thing. But ultimately, you are running around that little court courtyard for most of the game, just uh, running from level to level. And I, I do feel like maybe. We could have seen a bit more of um, an, an exploration side to the yeah, actual hub. hub. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't feel as as expansive, or like you know the secrets within that hub. They don't feel as you know um, surprising or revelatory as you know as previous or later Mario games. Yeah, I mean the, the shine sprites, uh, as opposed to the stars in '64, actually uh, twinkle at you and give you a clue that they're mm-hmm. there. But annoyingly, even once you've collected them the first time, they continue to make the same noise. So you don't, you know, you can't necessarily. Re, you know, work mm. out if you've got that one already and, and stuff like that. Um, Dolphic Island, as it is in the original uh, Japanese version, um, obviously because it's in the shape of a dolphin, mm. um, which is also the obviously etymology for Delfino, um, because the GameCube's mm. development codename was indeed the dolphin. Um, so it makes perfect sense. Um, on the subject of the world, on the things we're already talking about, I'll bring in our correspondent, Roy42, at this point. He says, I could waste a paragraph talking about the stupidity of trying to have more of a story than here's a world, go and get some stars, let alone a sidekick character to get emotionally attached to, but it would be a pointless endeavour. The big problem I have with Sunshine is that it's too open. Where the other 3D Mario titles have a very tight progression gated by the number of stars you collected at a certain point, Sunshine just dumps you into the world and expects you to figure out that you have to beat the seventh star of every level to unlock the ending, which can be especially annoying when it's a task in and of itself just to get into some of the levels. Sunshine wanted to recreate the feeling of discovery that 64 had, where it was entirely possible to miss some of the levels and secrets with how they're hidden in the castle, but they didn't take more than a minute to get to, unlike some of the secrets in Sunshine. At the same time, the game is too restricting. In 64, you could pick up one star at the start of a level, and usually you'd be able to pick up two or three different ones, with only a couple of stars per level needing specific conditions to be set by choosing that star in particular. Mm. This was a great system that they since got rid of for every Mario game after it, so you can only get the stars in the order that they tell you. Going back to it, taking an annoying amount of time to get into levels, why do we even need to use warps to go into levels at all? 
In 64, I got the impression that the worlds inside the paintings were fictional worlds, or, at the very least, that they weren't a part of the Mushroom Kingdom, and that the only real way to get to them from where you were was the paintings. But the levels of Isle Delfino are all on Isle Delfino. Why do I need to warp to the harbour? Why can't I just go there? <laughs> they wanted to make this more of an open-world Mario game, so why wasn't it? You already got most of your tasks for the stars from the NPCs, so it's not like it would have been hard to make this a cross between an open-world RPG and a platformer. And I think it would have been much stronger for it, assuming they did it well. The game looks and sounds very nice, the controls are tight, and I thought the Flood gameplay was fine, I suppose, since I don't remember utterly hating it or anything. I just think that their experiment with a more open game failed because they didn't go far enough with the concept. Mm. Do you know, I, I think that can only be down to some technical limitations. A game that came out uh, the year before this on PS2, Jack and Daxter, mm. pretty much had no loading. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 And they, they just, um, it, it was, you know, it was one of those clever in, in-game loading um, caching hmm. type systems I've, it had been done various games have done it going all the way back to, to 8-bit and 16-bit days where where there, there are dynamic loaders that, that you can do if you're technically savvy enough to that point maybe what they could have done is certainly had the the island more open in, in the feeling that you, you walk up to a gate and you can see the, mm-hmm. you know, the level there yeah. but you expect a loading screen as you open the gate and but yeah. it would it, I, I did really feel that about the island it to, I think Darren said, you know, it, it felt like there wasn't really an adventure. It, a lot of my problems with um, Sunshine is that it, at times it feels too much like it is an adventure. Like there's there's too much. I mean, we, we haven't talked about Flood, but part of that it feels like I'm 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 doing more than what I really want to do within a Mario game. You know, Flood adds that extra element that feels like it's one step too far than than what I want to you which is basically to, to jump on platforms and, and get to the end and adding a flood seems like it was a you know an added added complication along the way that seemed to be you know, taking some of the enjoyment away. Yeah, I think the the um Roy Forty makes a good point with it making um, a more open world and I maybe like time and pressure maybe made them think we have to sort of get um Shadow Mario to paint on the walls to then therefore Arbitrary, open a level on the back That's of a statue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's a good it's a good idea. It's a, it's a good solution because it does feel like um, you know paintings on a wall, sort of, because he is painting on the back of a building or something, and then you jump into that. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't really feel contextual. Like Bianca Hills, like there is like because it's on the back of the statue, isn't it? In the in the mm-hmm. Delphine Island, is there a statue in Bianca Hills? Like the 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 paintings in Mario sixty four worked well because you know you saw the image of the level and then you jumped into that painting and therefore the level was there whereas I don't really get the the, the connection between the statue and Bianca Hills yeah. or Bianca Hills like. no there are there I think there are sort of vague conceptual connections so like the you go from the lighthouse to the harbour you know mm. that sort of yeah. uh, there's a logic there and it's and you can see there's a sort of a low poly uh, rendition of the harbour in the background same with Pinner Park you get fired out of a cannon yeah. to a fairground and it, it, but it's loose isn't it mm-hmm. there's a and it's weird how on some of the levels you go into a kind of glowing end which has that sort of a similar thing um, to Mario 64 you've got a vague picture of the place that you're going mm. but whereas with some of them you just go into a warp pipe and it's just a rainbow swell you mm. go into a cannon you get blasted there mm. there's it again it's just that that feel of disconnection from from one place to another and rather than feeling like new and interesting exciting things it just feels disparate and an- another thing you know <laughs> we'll talk about flood some more you get you get it you get it very very early on and it's obviously it's a key part of the game mm-hmm. it's uh, invented uh, canonically by uh, professor elvin gad same <laughs> as the uh, poltergust from luigi's mansion um 
it it's uh, sentient uh, it, it has a, a sort of face and a sort of mouth and a, and a little robot voice um and uh it's weird because mario has a thing mm -hmm. now i i don't uh, fundamentally disapprove of of that idea um it's the w the weirdest point for me is not when it gets taken away for the secret levels uh, commonly known as the void levels although i don't think they're actually called that hmm. um the there's one level in the game where you just start on Pianta Village where that the cutscene kicks in and you get your flood taken mm -hmm. away and you just have to do that level without it. It's like one time yeah. out of out of forty nine shines they just went, yeah, you don't need your <laughs> pack for this or you can't have your pack for this and it, you actually get it later in that stage. Mm. But it's just it's just weird and I always felt like a lot of the stuff to do with the liquid and the goop and the water generally in the game was more of a proof of concept tech stuff mm. rather than uh, uh, it didn't sit right with Ma Mario's precision to me but more important than that it's the staccato nature that it brings to Mario so for me Mario up to that point had pretty much always been occasionally you know occasionally teetering on a platform and tottering and, and, and just tiptoeing in 64 but generally Mario was about jumping and cartwheeling and uh, enormously fast and agile locomotion but in with the flood you have to stop to aim at things mm -hmm. and so a lot of levels become about stopping and pointing or, or at least slowing right down yeah and the way the flood controls uh, you, can, you do get used to it and you do become a bit you know agile with it and you, you can sort of manipulate it to sort of get up to higher levels that you couldn't before like you can combine it with a Mario move to then power yourself up to a higher ledge and I do appreciate that, but I feel like the way Flood is taught to you isn't that great. You sort of your first sort of mission is to take down this sort of like a like a piranha plant covered in sort of like chocolate marbly chocolate type stuff, and ah, oh, just didn't really. It doesn't feel like a a typical Nintendo tutorial to me. It just felt like it was really slow. Like Nintendo tutorials to me are like you know you you learn by playing like Metroid. You go in a room, you get a thing, you have to then use that thing to get out of the room. Whereas here it's just like you're sort of fighting the goop on the floor. And like these little bubble enemies pop, come out and sort of jump on you, therefore distracting you from your main task of defeating the piranha plant in the goo. And you're kind of overwhelmed by the controls because it does tell you how to like you know look in sort of third person, but also like a first person perspective to aim at the mouth when it's open. But there's just there's just too much going on mm. for the first five minutes of the game. You're like, well, I've never played with this flood before. I think maybe they should have like. Not thrown you into. Well, you such have to get the shine on the on the runway, don't you? So. Yeah, but even then, like I don't feel like there's a lot of like the music sort of kind of pressure and tense, urgent yeah. boss music, yeah. and you you kind of mm. feel like oh I'm really panicking. And even playing it recently, I was just like the first sort of ten minutes, I was kind of flustering, like you know, bumbling my way through, not being a hundred percent with the controls, and I, I feel like it's not the best way to teach but, you how but, to play with flood. Like Leon says, for me, it's the stop-start nature of the game. Um, yeah, quite often I just because you get hit if you go into the gloop so you know you, you could be using your jetpack to clear it away and then you're clearing a path in front of you and then maybe a, you know one, like one of the first levels a ball comes back around and you know covers that path back over again so mm. you, you're doing all that again and it, it just feels like it you know it's it's a step that's not really required in America I've actually got no no issues with them wanting to try something different and like oh, I said no. the, the the hovering ability of the jetpack 
to get further to other platforms is, is quite good because you have to you know be quite precise about when you jump when you activate mm. it um, even how much water you have you, you have to be quite careful not just to go completely crazy with, with flood and, and use all its water because sometimes you find yourself very close to the, the back end of a level but not able to complete it because you use too much water. So you have to jump jump back down and, and refill flood. So I like that stuff. But actually, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of shines among the shines that don't really involve you cleaning any muck. There's a lot of traditional, um, kind of, you know, almost Mario sixty four esque. More at the start, I think. Yeah, it, it starts off a lot like that. But as you get further in the game, there's more, um, you know, monkey bar climbing, mm-hmm. you know, um, general platforming. Um, obviously, another thing that they've been able to do in this game that they hadn't done before was the kind of rope physics stuff, mm-hmm. which Bouncing. for me ver- varies wildly between, a lo- uh, you know, good fun when it's working and really frustrating <laughs> when, when when you're getting it wrong. Um, but yeah, that, like having now played past completion and through the back end of the game that I'm I kind of recently having done a lot of the 100 coin challenges suddenly the game felt a lot more like Mario 64 to me hmm. just doing that thing of picking your way through the level and bits of the level require certain skills bits of the level require certain others you by the end you've really not only we, we talked a lot about the joy of the the backflip jump in in Super Mario 64 but now you've got a, an even higher alternative which is the spin which hmm. can be a little unwieldy to get going but you know when you get it to work it it's uh, it, it's a cool Mario move that you haven't really had before, and I mean that's something we should definitely mention. Mario himself, partly because we'd probably mostly played PAL Mario before this, but th- and this had a 60 hertz option. Hallelujah! <laughs> uh, Mario is is super uh, responsive mm. and nippy in this one, almost at points to me slightly too much, mm. which I think is why they dialed it back slightly in in Galaxy mm. uh, to for me absolutely perfect character control but i i you know it's weird because you have to flick the stick in the other direction and almost twice as fast i would say as in 64 to activate the backflip so having recently played 64 for the podcast i was used to kind of doing that kind of slow (laughs) deliberate rotation but now it's like and that sort of that feel goes into every element of this game it's sort of skittish Mm. um Sometimes you'll be standing on a, you know, on a small platform, say on the underside of Pianta Village, there's, a, there's like mushrooms, and it looks like quite a wide surface, but you just touch the analog stick slightly too mm. far if, you know, if you're not an absolute expert player. I mean, I've become m- much better over the course of the last month or so that I've been playing it, but there are just moments where you feel like you're on the brink mm. of, of death when, when you really oughtn't to be given the amount of control and space you've got and again that feels not like Mario where you you almost feel like mm. the game's kind of against you at points and mm. it's throwing things like those wind sprites at you whatever yeah. they're called the gust, the gusty ones they feel like they're from somebody else's platform mm-hmm. game they feel like something that would be in a in a western designed platform game because they're just annoying I also think the, the character well, the the enemy characters and even you know who are who are the people on the the island? Piantas, yeah. Piantas and Nokis are the two main races. Yeah. These are they're, they're my favourite. I love them. I don't know. I just the, the design is. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Really doesn't speak to me at no, all. Not at all. Um, in um, fact, I, I was interesting. I was I was looking at a video on on YouTube about the you know the early. Um, you know, demonstration what they showed off at E3. Humans. And there was humans in the game. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is really quite odd. And I, I'm not too sure I want I want it to go that far. Obviously, no. Peach and Mario human, etc. But they were they're sort more of, yeah. 
human-esque people. Humanoid, humanoid people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd forgotten that whole thing because I, I remember seeing those those shots at the time um, of of humanoids, humans in in, and it, that actually to me there was a logic that Mario's gone on holiday from the Mushroom That's Kingdom weird. perhaps to I somewhere don't, I don't know if that sits right so, yeah <laughs> well no but then the Piantas and Nokis like the Nokis are almost cute but they don't look like a Mario creature no. and maybe that's the point and Piantas don't look like mm. and maybe that's the point the fact that they look almost alien to the denizens of the Mushroom Kingdom but that said over the course of all the games we played up to this point all the Mario games and all the ones since there are a heck of a lot of completely disparate looking enemy sprites in in the mario world the piantas sort of they don't strike to they don't stick out to me as like a, a good looking mario um you know character or, or friendly face because they are sort of the humanoid but their color is just one tone i do believe and like they all sound the same to me whenever i spray they all with water, seem a slightly peed off with you as well yeah they always go and you're like they are a tiny bit aggressive and that they all look the same to me and i know goombas all look the same racist <laughs> But they do like. There's, I don't feel like when I run around Delfino Island, I don't feel like I want to go and see a specific pianta because they're all going to do the same mm-hmm. nonsense every time I do something near them. They're always going to. No, just... one of them gives you. One of them gives you sunglasses. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't <laughs> like their their attitude towards Mario. I, I don't <laughs> like the way they wobble when they stand still. I. I've alluded to it in the past. I think a lot of Mario Sunshine's character designs are blobs with arms and legs. And I think Pianta <laughs> and Nokis are the prime example of just how devoid of character they actually are. And it's it's funny to your point there. I mean, I haven't actually, for whatever reason, put two and two together. You are right. He's on holiday. So if he's away from the Mushroom Kingdom, they, they should feel different. And I, I'm almost buying into that. The, the problem is, at that point, I don't want him to leave the Mushroom Kingdom because mm. the characters you know, aren't appealing to me. I, I want him to stay in the Mushroom Kingdom and he's not allowed another holiday. But <laughs> Can you understand why Nintendo and perhaps the, you know, Koizumi, the new director on this game, wanted to get away from the Mushroom Kingdom at this point? I think it, I think it was a brave move. And I also think you know, with Mario mm. 64 being as good as it was, I'm surprised it was, you know, let's, let's move away from that. So I'm surprised it did, you know that didn't come with the game after. Yeah, you know, you'd think naturally Mario 64 would have a a sequel very similar to that, well reviewed, very much you know beloved, and you'd think they would want to follow that template. And it's unlike Nintendo to to go slightly off kilter. Let's face it, mm. um, with its main franchises. Yeah. So no, it, I, I personally think it was an odd move. But you know, looking at it now, yeah, I I can see how they they had a franchise mm. and they thought, well, let's take it in a slightly different direction. You know, we have the GameCube bright colours I mean graphically they, they do some really quite impressive stuff with the water there's some I think if you if you do like this game you you know, people are willing to, to jump out and defend it quite a bit because it, mm. it, it is it feels so different than many other Mario games I think maybe they swung too hard in like the anti Mario 64 game look mm-hmm. I remember the um, the general IRC chat internet relay chat at the time was What's a shine sprite? Like, why aren't they using stars? It, it looks like care. a star. It looks like a star, but it's got bubbles on it. But yeah, it's got little round bits on it, and it's got a lot like, more points. Yeah, and it makes a different noise. It, there was a lot of controversy around the time, like, oh, they're not using stars anymore. Like, what's going on in, with the Mario series? And I, don't, I, I seem to remember like pretty much everything about the visuals, you know, from down to the, you know, the the actual sort of. It's quite hard to explain, but there's always a lot of shade going on in this game because obviously it's a it's a it's a sunshine based game, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of shade going on. People are like, why is it so dark in some areas? And that's obviously because the clouds are casting, 
you know. If, yeah, that that changes as the game goes mm, on, doesn't but it? But the, the shine sprites mm. was a massive sort of like, why aren't there stars in this game? And they obviously went back to that with Galaxy. But that, that again, it's we're odd. talking about them going back. It was only one game that had power <laughs> mm. stars before this. It wasn't like, well, for for twenty years, Mario had had. I mean, it had had the invincibility star, <laughs> but the power star was a one game deal. So why not get rid of it and change it to shines? Yeah, mm. you know. So pe- people were already being maybe precious about something that wasn't exactly established. I think a similar thing happened with um, Zelda at the time, where like Ocarina of Time, people mm-hmm. sort of knew in beta that they were going to get the Triforce and you know a Shine Sprite, a Star, a Triforce or whatever. You know, they all sort of have the similar sort of accolade behind it. And then to realise that you don't get the Triforce in Zelda Ocarina of Time, people were kind of cheesed off at that. And I think it's a similar thing with, sh- with stars and shine sprites, and it doesn't actually yeah. matter. You know, it's just a number that goes up. It's yeah. the same thing by another name. Yeah, yeah it's, it's people exactly. were so they, attached they, to the stars. You know, people were, like the '64 was so influential on people's. You know, yeah. the way they loved that game. Like, yeah, I got all the stars. I got all the sprites. It's like. Uh, we've brushed across it but let's talk a little bit more about the visuals before we get on we will talk about the courses and hopefully this already sounds like we're justifying all those people we've mentioned at the start (laughs) saying everyone hates this game but uh, I don't think any of us actually do hate this game Um, but we're sort of trying to express why things don't sit right more Mm. than it's not not hatred so much as confusion Mm. Um, but the visuals for me again I, I still feel confused about how I feel about the graphics of this game on a technical level um, I thought at the time and still now it looks uh, surprise you know surprisingly well not surprisingly but it looks you know impressive it looks like a high-end GameCube game as you'd expect from first party party Nintendo stuff but as uh, aesthetically and obviously this is where the this is the very subjective side of it I also feel confused. I don't know whether I like <laughs> the look of this game or not. And I think it's it, even within individual areas, small areas, I like bits, little bits of it. Like sometimes there's areas on some of the levels where the sunshine is hitting the water and the water is, you know, shimmering and, you know, it's got that. Mm tormenting light underneath the waves that you just want to, it looks so inviting and delicious and bits like that look cool and there are some bits where they've attempted to do something that looks a little bit like the real world and it's kind of cute like maybe some of the Rico Harbour but then other bits just look like weird palette choices and, and weird designs like just Pianta Village is just so bizarre mm. it, I mean, it's almost different colours every time you go in there with different shines because it's supposed to be different times of day and different things are going on but that the whole design of that level is just doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't seem to make sense to me in the, in the same way we're talking about the, the joy of the abstract nature of the Mushroom Kingdom mm-hmm. but now they've sent you to this place that is supposed to be more like a real world location but then because level design is more important than real world you've got this sort of mishmash of big sprouty vines with platforms on and, and f- huge enormous palm fronds that are difficult to to access and then walk across and teeter top. But then you've got these other areas which just blocks on blocks on blocks um, with yeah slightly scruffy textures. And you've got a nice stream running through it and you've got a hot mm. bath at the back. But then you just got all these crates and it's just it's a real higgledy piggledy mishmash. And as I say, I don't I don't I certainly don't despise the way the game looks overall. But again, just the whole thing for me is it feels weird. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sit right with me either. And I think that's why we're kind of leaning towards the negative attitude. But I think we're just confused by this game like from start to finish. <laughs> I definitely don't understand my whole my complete feelings on this game. And I don't think I ever will. I, I like the fact that Mario's jumping around sort of like a Spanish style 
you know, <laughs> villa area. But at the same time, the colours they used, while probably sun bleached, you know, by the the potent sun in Mario Sunshine, also doesn't Ooh. actually look that appealing in, say, Ricker Harbour when it's blue, red. You know, it's all sorts of colours, but they're all sort of mm. like washed out versions of those colours that you normally associate with a Mario game. Like, oh look, there's a really oh no, it's, it's been bleached by the sun and it doesn't look as good as the other Mario games. And I, I think <laughs> most of the game is. And yeah, Ricker Harbour springs to mind because it is mainly sort of like monkey bars and you know um, typical mm-hmm. Mario nets that you run across. They're all they're they're so obviously poor two D sprites that it kind of looks even worse than maybe it deserves to be. Um, and yeah, you know, you're talking about the cage. Yeah, all well, the cage bits yeah. that you flip around with, you know, like from Super Mario World, the, mm. the flippy cage moments. Like it looks too. 2D to me like you can sort of see mm. the, the, the the rough edges around it and I, I think maybe this game would benefit from a higher resolution maybe or or just some more stark colours like yeah it's, it's odd because you've got like the bright sunshine and you've got things firing fireballs at you and the, the two don't really feel like they, they match together like the mm. en- a lot of the enemy um, you know animations are they're firing the, the goop at you and it just it, it feels I guess the the areas feel too normalised to us, too natural, mm. and then you add these these fantasy elements to it, and it, they don't quite congeal in the, in the same way as you go back to an, an older Mario game, and, and they feel quite fantastical. Um, and it's, mm. it is odd, I, and I think it's the more real real locations that I say real in quite, quite yeah, but you know I, I, it it doesn't help, it doesn't you know and. It is the the sun as well. It's a bit too bright all the time. It's like mm. it's happy, happy land. That's why the shade cellar's there to uh, to give you. Your yeah, but at, at the same time, then then you go into worlds which you know look Super Mario Galaxy esque. The easiest way to describe them, um, mm. and you know they pop out because they got black backgrounds and you got the mm. bright coloured blocks. And I, I guess it's more to in tune to what we think Mario is. Um, and they 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 stand out probably ten times more just because you've been in these. You know, slightly odder worlds within normal Mario Sunshine. Hmm. It's it's not something that I normally have a gripe with uh, many games, but I also think the uh, the HUD, the UI, is absolutely awful. Like they've just pulled it from um, the map. clip art or something. <laughs> yeah, the map's pointless. But you know, like the flood icon in the corner, it doesn't seem. It all just seems like they've just had very little time to make a really nice icon, so they just use one from a beta or something, and it. I know it's really nitpicky stuff, and like, oh, who really cares about the HUD? But when you're talking about you know, a sequel to Mario 64, you kind of expect perfection, I guess. And, yeah. you know, like, the the way it, it just looks like it was pulled from, like, a, a, a 90s clip art selection. <laughs> and I think, I think we're exactly understanding where a lot of the perception we talked about earlier mm-hmm. comes from, which is because it's held up to such high standards, mm. you know, and, and it perhaps just... You know, there are lots of things that we're all just, you know, each of us is coming to and saying, well, that bit's not as good as this and, and it's not as good as you expect and that bit's not but as good as you expect. And and this is like hindsight's perspective because if you go from the reviews, none of this, none of the reviews are really picking out this stuff. Um, not so much, so no, no. Um, mm. And as I say, for me, the visuals is certainly not all negative. Um, no. I think there, there, are, there, are, there are moments and there are places which are, which are, are greatly attractive but compared to uh how astounding was uh, 64 was obviously this is you know technically more impressive because it's higher resolution it's got more more polygons and, and and whatever than 64 64 for its time was perhaps more eye popping and galaxy after it probably as well um and again that's it's that it's that harsh comparison thing and like you know like we, we were talking about 
on the 64 show, I was keen that we didn't keep comparing mm-hmm. Super Mario 64 <laughs> to Banjo-Kazooie because it came after, shouldn't compare Sunshine to Galaxy because that was, mm-hmm. you know, this producer's director's second game and Galaxy, you know, wouldn't have been impossible on the cube. It needed that whatever little extra power that we had and, and, the, and you know, everything else like mm-hmm. that. So one thing that is, regardless of really uh, what format it was on and anything and... Um, really just comes down to uh, a pure uh, aesthetic uh, subjective taste is the music mm. now um i quite like quite a few of the level <laughs> tunes um the main tune i think the the plaza tune is is pretty famous is mm-hmm. the uh, the accordion and guitar jazzy piece ah. um that sets the tone perfectly i think um and I still, uh, you know, I'm still okay with it playing over and over while I'm in that mm-hmm. area, even, you know, 11 years on. Some of the other level tunes are quite fun. I think Rico Harbour um, and uh, which one's Hotel Delfino in um, at, uh, oh. one of the one of the beaches. Mama, Mama um, Beach, that's I really think it's called, is that right? I've got the Japanese version, uh, so names are slightly different. Yeah, it's, called, it's got a different name in, um, mm. in the European version. But... There, that's a weird tune. It's got um, like Hawaiian-style slide guitar uh, and things like that. And yeah, um, the the music's I don't like so much. Oh, and we must of course mention the Bobby McFerrin-style a cappella oh. uh, secret levels uh, classic Mario theme, um, which yeah, is, is is pretty well loved, I would say, mm, and uh, still still worth a smile. But um, some of the the boss music and things are, are very very short uh, riffs that that loop very very quickly, um, and and um, I found those quite irritating. But overall, there's you know there's as as you'd expect, there's some there's some top it's, tunes. It's odd as well because obviously it's been on CD for the first time. Yeah, they they can yeah. have a lot higher definition music. Um, yeah, although it's clearly not fully, no, it's not real. It's not real instruments at all. But it feels more like real bands are playing mm-hmm. rather than yeah, uh, yeah, symphonic, yeah. and it, it it's it, it lends a slightly different tone. And once again, I, I think you know it all depends how you feel about the visuals and and the setting. I think if you if you like the tone, if you like the setting, I think the music fits perfectly. The, the problem is mm. they don't particularly congeal with me, so the music goes along with that, and it all adds up into this kind of like, huh, that's that's a slightly offbeat sound um, you know mm. funk jazz uh, that's cool that, like, I, it's interesting hearing Mario put into funk jazz but at the same time doesn't live with the expectations what I expect from a Mario game mm. is that my problem quite possibly hmm I, I do really like the soundtrack to this game uh, not all the tracks uh, you know Rico Harbour is probably it's not my favourite I think the overworld one is my favourite I think it mm. perfectly suits the visuals that, that tune you know I can imagine someone playing it you know, on a beach in Portugal somewhere, like it does sound so authentic to the vibe the game wants to give you. Um, but Rico Harbour, I like the way it sounds more industrial with you know the the harbour nature of the level. I, I do think they have good fits, and um, I do think like in terms of actual like sound effects, uh, the mm. one that comes to mind the most is when you pull the arm off the uh, the blooper boss. Mm. It squeals <laughs> yeah. at you. It's such a weird realistic but again not because it's a <laughs> giant squid that you're pulling limbs off and the way they flap around really erratically that is one of the most distressing noises in a Mario game I've ever heard <laughs> that's uh, again that 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 happens quite early and, and several I mean a lot there's quite a lot of recycling in this game as well I think um, you fight three of those yeah. type of bloopers um, and that p- 
pulling and stretching thing is again something that was you know perhaps uh facilitated by the extra power of the gamecube mm. and whatever and or maybe you know maybe it could have been done to a point to Mario's face. Before, but <laughs> yeah that's true enough there yeah. is a shortcut um, though, sorry yeah there's a little shortcut instead mm. of going straight for the arms and then waiting for the nose to appear i was watching that speed runs mm. you can go straight for the nose yeah. you just spray them in the eyes and go straight for the nose as much as we talked about you know how much sequence breaking and uh, speed running there is on super mario 64 having um just been looking for the odd solution you know just finding the odd coin and and stuff like that on youtube which obviously wasn't uh, available when i first played this so that made the blue coin stuff just impossible yeah. There are a lot of people out there who are ridiculously good and clever <laughs> at this, just like as with 64, mm-hmm. and show that as much as, you know, we might be critical of aspects of it, there is a, a hugely um, fluid and flexible game design in here mm. um, that can be, you know, tormented by expert players. Um, I watched somebody getting, for instance, a, a, a time limit in the game for, say, red coins is set at three minutes. I, I watched somebody getting those three-minute red coins, which is obviously designed to be doable maybe on the second or third attempt for a normal player. This person did it in about 19 <laughs> seconds. You know, it's, And just by utilising the flood um, jumping places, you're mm. not supposed to uh, coming off corners that you're not necessarily... You know, the, whether the design was in there deliberately or whether people have learned these exploits over time is, you know, probably some and some, but that stuff is impressive. And again, that that speaks to the actual base quality of, you know, because Mario is still Mario in this game. He may have a flood on at times, but actually, as we said, you know, he's got most of his moves mm. from 64. He hasn't got the, hasn't got the sort of duck jump and the, and the useless breakdance kick. <laughs> Um, and his swimming is different and, and that's controversial in itself but overall you know he is super agile multiple jumping spinning flipping cartwheeling Mario and the levels are designed for you to you know have fun mm. moving around those and the, and the, the float the flood float adds mm. you know um, there are moments where you can reach places that you're not really supposed to be able to by just timing mm-hmm hitting the the flood at the very last second and things like that and so you know there are people out there who have got got everything and done everything and but are still playing this game to get down their times even further mm. and that's that's pretty cool i think uh the, the first level you actually get to play is a really good uh introduction to how well mario feels in your hand uh, you know in, in the, the gamecube controller because you run up the hill in bianca hills and then you the, you slide down on your belly in the water into the pool of water and then you bounce off the uh the, the elastic cord and i think, I think yes, that first yeah. introduction of like okay mario's got similar moves to mario 64 let's see how they feel and you sort of hop around on your belly and you think this moves a bit different to how it was before because i can just endlessly mm. bop around on my belly that's a bit mm. weird and then you 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 realize that if you combine it with the flood you can move at some uh, rapid, yeah, with, with that move in particular. But yeah, that, that's so much fun. It is, yeah. It, but I think that first level is a really does a really good job yeah, of like you, you got a little just, stream going down. Didn't you? Yeah, and the first thing you think is well, I got to be able to slide down that. What's that's the it. move to do? Mm. You know, is it a butt stomp? You know, is it going yeah, and, and, bump? and then they let you play around with a few bungee cords. You mm. know, like you know, jump trapezes. And like, it definitely feels like a playground. In in that level as well, you got, you got to get kind of get to the top of the hill, which you know reminiscent of the opening level in Mario sixty four, of course. Um, but there's a vine that's blocking the way, and it took me. I, I remember the first time round, I, I did it straight away because I remember how I played it back mm. then. I remember mm. the first time round, thinking, "How do I get past this vine?" And, and right. being hit, <laughs> you've got to hover. Yeah, around being it, hit yeah. by the vine going down, getting covered yeah. in goop, 
you know, having to refill probably, you know, 10 or 12 times just messing, I don't understand. And eventually going, okay, so the, the flood, I guess it hovers and then just realizing you could work yourself around it, avoid mm-hmm. the obstacle, mm-hmm. come back on the other side. You know, frustrating when you're not knowing how to get past it, but absolutely perfect to, to show the player the level design and actually what the flood is capable of, mm-hmm. how long it can last and how to get around obstacles. Again, that sort of highlights some of the the occasional frustrations. I think the that vine, that spiky mm-hmm. vine, uh, actually dodging it, you have to give it a very wide berth because the collision mm-hmm. detection is weird. And and again, that doesn't feel very Mario. You expect things like collision detection to be absolutely precise in a Mario mm-hmm. game, and and there are there are plenty of moments in Sunshine where it's it feels more like it's it's been made by an inferior outfit and and that's a, that's a good example you know fundamentally all of the everything about that level that section is fun but there's just these weird little things that you just think that quality's not quite up to the usual standard one of the levels where i uh put down shadow mario from uh his his little escapades mm-hmm. um i jumped up to collect the shine that uh, that pretty much appears where he falls, and instead of collecting the shine, I fell through the bottom of the world. Oh, nice! You know, hmm. uh, that is just you know. Again, maybe in '64. I mean, I don't remember that happening, and no. it didn't happen recently. But th- I would have been more forgiving of an N64 first time out 3D platformer. But for this to happen mm-hmm. in Super Mario Sunshine's second 3D outfit on a more powerful machine was like you. You know, where's Surely the geometry should all overlap, and that shouldn't. Be, you know, so I had to do that whole section again. And talk, that sort of thing. Talk about chasing Shadow Mario, which they do a number of times. Um, yes. Once again, weird. You have to chase him. You have to hit him with the flood, uh, and obviously mm. take his his shadow off him. I, I guess that's the point before he he moves away. But it, you seem to chase him for far too long, and also there's there's no real detection of how much how far you are from. From um, no. you know, taking his levels down, it's it's just the chase can go on and on and on. You're moving around mm-hmm. corners, just hit him, and not really knowing as and when he might actually finally give up. And it just feels, you know, yeah. not very user friendly at that point. No, no, I don't find actually the you know when you do connect with him with the Have water, it doesn't yeah. feel particularly no satisfying. <laughs> you get you get you get the little noise, and he sort of goes pinkish. Um, but those bits, I mean, I'm glad they didn't put a time limit on them. Um, but it's just weird the way it just he'll just carry on and you, you work out the place that he stops and then you squirt him from a, a distance where he won't run away and again it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a Mario game I don't know what yeah, to say the, you know Nintendo games uh, have been renowned for like you know people say Nintendo are the Disney of video games and that's because the polish on him is so fine you know it's so near perfect which is why Mario 64 you know got a 10 and that's why Super Mario World is still regarded as one of the best games ever because the polish is just so well done but in Mario Sunshine you see the you see through the cracks a little bit and it kind of ruins the magic and I think that's kind of where most of the negativity comes from I guess is that it doesn't really feel like a proper Nintendo game what I will say about the flood in, in particular and how it actually changes the level design that I always find the levels certainly in, well, in Sunshine are a lot more vertical. They're, you can get really high up in places. It's probably that well, certainly from pretty, you know, obviously Mario sixty four. It you you went to the high mountains and you you flew through the sky. But it there's like clouds you can get up to. There's a great level um, where you ride on like dandelion seeds. 
Remember that? Yeah, the, the fluff, fluff, the fluff yeah, festival. Yeah, which is yeah. really high, and you have to go quite vertical on that. Um, and because you have the the jetpack where it can do the rocket function, you, can, you know, it puts you to new heights. And I, you know, I, I liked, I liked the fact that you know, level design wise, it was different from Mario sixty four, and the flood did add add a, a new dynamic to that. Would anyone have been cool talking about the functions of the jetpack? I would have quite liked it if, um, although you, you unlock the. Um, the boxes in certain areas mm-hmm. uh, or they they appear there's one that makes you go very fast in a straight line and, and can run over mm-hmm. water there's one that makes you blast vertically in the air which is used a lot more um i thought it would have been quite cool if there had been a way to unlock permanently having all of the mm-hmm. nozzles nice. uh uh at any one stage just to again just to stop you having to trudge across levels and and pick up the bit again to do the specific section and, and things like that you definitely feel like you know you you boost up using the red one to a higher ledge, and then you kind of wish you had the other one back on your backpack. You're like, oh, I kind of wish I could hover again now, you know, instead of again boosting higher mm. up and up and up. Yeah, and I think that's probably like um, I don't know, is it a design choice because that's what was cool at the time? You know, like you know, you can only have a certain amount of weapons on you at any one time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of wish that you know you had like a a, per, a more perfect dark style where you had all the guns, you know, or in this case attachments in on your backpack, because it kind of feels like you know this thing can talk, flood can talk. <laughs> How about you get you get rid of the mouth and we have another piece on there instead of your mouth because you're not really offering anything of insight. Well, I think he, uh, I think he squirts out of his mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the the bosses are also quite different, aren't they? Um, to to previous Marigans, the the flood once again adds a new aspect. A lot of the time, you need to be cleaning stuff off while being chased by stuff. It actually has a lot less to do with. Yeah, Mario's agility and more to do about you, how good of an aim you are with the flood mm. Um, mm. and there's there's a couple that I remember in, in particular being an absolute nightmare one was the manta ray which is a big ray that you, you shoot <sighs> with the water and then it breaks into lots of little rays and the mm. more you shoot it's it it's odd because it's um, we should explain it's completely 2D mm-hmm. and it's on the floor it lives it lives on the surface of the level but yeah it all over the surface of the level to the point once you've broken it up into loads of little rays it is absolutely everywhere Nightmarish. they drop the electrical goop on the floor don't they yeah. which also saps away yeah. your health and it's just it doesn't again it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like it's it belongs in a you know in a mario game it is you know it kind of feels more of a zelda um enemy and the fact that you're fighting a shadow mm. you know and the fact that it splits into loads of mini ones it just doesn't there's, there's like a flying um sand winged thing yeah, yeah, it's almost um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus esque, yeah. but there's a bit where it tilts up on its side, and it's it's hellish. Yeah, yeah. the physics aren't very good there. But uh, yeah, you, you fall off so easily. Yeah, and that 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 sand bird type thing um, is sort of typical of a lot of them in that it doesn't necessarily there's there's although there's you know it's got arrows on the world pointing you where to go roughly for each shine. There's a lot of moments where it doesn't really signpost the, the things you want it to and there's the the classic thing and you know this could come down to user error but missing the animation where the sprite shine sprite <laughs> appears and then and then hunting the for the next 20 minutes because you can't but, work out where it but then i, I think of other great bosses it. where you're fighting bowser uh, or mech bowser um and you're going around the roller coaster shooting like the bombs that come around mm. you and like that's to me like that felt more like a mario kind I of that. yeah shooting bowser you know, it's tried and ter- tested, and even the end level felt, you know, more more like what I expect from a Mario game. But uh, and other weird things about the 
the sort of the, the difficulty um i mean what i should say is even these ones that a lot of the ones that are really frustrating when you complete them there's still that yes yeah. that real feeling of satisfaction mm-hmm. that you grab the sprite you get to the, on this time you you know you you get the just the menu coming up saying do you want to save yes 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 yes, yes. uh yes i do all that sort of thing is is really cool um but it's weird the difficulty seems all over the place as well in terms of uh, even within certain levels like one you'll be doing one uh, maybe this is true of 64 to a point as well but you'll you'll do one uh, mission as it were and it will be just a case of wandering around and you know maybe maybe it'll give you a time limit that's ludicrously generous mm. seemingly like there was one earlier i did pianta village where you had to clean up 10 people and i was like oh it's going to take me at <laughs> least six or seven goes to work out where they all are and they were just all there just like walked in squirt that one go around there oh, i've been around this level i know where i know where to go next and maybe i got lucky but then there are other ones where the type like the the balloons on the roller coaster mm. where you have to get 20 balloons on three laps that took me about seven or eight goes because it's really hard to actually the, the aiming's just stuff like that it doesn't feel consistent it's not like it's nat- it's just steadily getting more challenging for me it was kind of up and up and down all over the place same with some of the hundred coin challenges even some of the levels have pretty much got exploits where you can just um like one of them where it's firing rockets at you on the beach you just have to keep squirting the rockets and they keep producing coins so you don't even have to you don't even have to sort of work your way around the level and the same with the one with the watermelons on you can pop three melons 10 times each for 30 coins now you know that makes that makes everything so much easier it's not like every level has each coin like in 64 you felt every coin was in its absolute you know its place because it they knew they were pointing you which way to go and you had to work out how to get from one cluster of coins to another and that was your challenge it just feels looser you know just a lot of it feels like it wasn't as like you say it just wasn't as polished for as long and maybe that's what it feels slightly less staged but hmm Another thing worth mentioning, uh, we talked about the music, um, and when we said in 64, probably through memory uh, issues, cartridge space, there weren't that many tunes. Um, this game has probably more music, but it has less, uh, fewer courses. Um, mm. Only seven major courses, which is less, less than half yeah. what Super Mario 64 had. It each has nine shine sprites instead of seven, I guess, in, the, in, in Super Mario 64, including the 100-coin mm. one. Um, and as Roy42 said earlier, the the way to progress is, I mean, different bits happen at different points throughout the story, but to ultimately get open the final level, spoiler warning, Corona Mountain. You reach the end of, say, each course and you get, you know, you, you defeat Shadow Mario in every course and you're realising that there's actually like another 60-odd start of shine, uh, shine sprites to go. Mm. And, you know, you realise that there's just so many more shine sprites. Oh, there are a few secret ones, as they are in Mario courses. But also, yep. there's still a lot more to collect, and that's through one of my main gripes with the game, with the with the blue coins. It felt like padding to me. Like, take these blue coins to a hut and get some sprites. It's like, well, how about you make some more levels instead? And again, that just feels like a time restraint, you know? Yeah, blue coins are yeah weird, because they're dotted around all over each level and, and the plaza. Um, so every time you get 10, you can trade them in for a shine sprite. And that is how many, how, how many of the overall shines does that account for? It's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, there's a few secret ones in in the hub world and mm. in, in Delfino Plaza. Um, you have to there's one you have to boost up from a boat. One you have to uh, the couple you have to get Yoshi for and, and various things like that. And they're quite you know they're they're challenging and fun and in 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 the the mold of things you'd expect having to you know work your way around. There's a hundred coin one on the Plaza level which is quite cool. You have to go into these um, drains. Actually, I was quite dismissive of these before. <laughs> 
um, when I first played the game, the this sort of the uh, you but, but butt slam into the mm. ground to go d- into this sort of underground section. And I always thought it was just really pointless, lazy secrets for secret sake. But actually, you need those in all of the levels to do certain things. But the blue coins, one of the first things you notice on the very first level, a big X on the wall or a triangle, mm-hmm. and you squirt it, and you're played a little cutscene and a blue coin is spat out and then you have to work out where it came out it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the identify this section of the level f- on, from the Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> quiz game yeah. at the end of the only it's normally it, it's obviously somewhere that you can re- reach within time if you know where you're mm. going um, but things like that and then you have to do it both ways yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan of it you know. but if you miss them the, key, the, the killer thing about blue coins is if you don't get them when when and where you see them or if you don't see them you don't know where they are <laughs> so theoretically they're like the ba- bananas in Donkey Kong 64 mm. and I don't say that as a compliment mm. if you've missed them all you can do unless you've got a video guide which we didn't have back then pretty much is scour the levels okay. each shine by shine over and over again looking in weird places under things like they'll be hidden in the middle of a massive pile of boxes yeah. or under the ground or sometimes you have to squirt a particular oh. lamp or yeah but isn't that there's isn't weird that like standard for anything that's hidden we, we're so used to just okay show us where they are and collect them but i guess that's longevity certainly back in 2002 it's, game design it may be lazy there was no real sort of consistency in how they were designed in the world like i remember just spraying random walls and a blue coin would pop out i'm like mm, that's okay. so arbitrary there's no consistency between the whole game like sure there's triangles and x's and other playstation logos that you can squirt to get blue coins from like uh, mm. but ultimately like I remember, just like shooting a coconut, a blue coin comes out. You're like, well, what? How? Why? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Because once you once that once they've opened that, uh, you know, floodgate, it's like, what do I do? But the, the major incentive was that it was a sequel to Mario 64, and you wanted to get everything because you mm. wanted to see what you know. Point. You wanted to see Yoshi. the the equivalent to Yoshi. <laughs> you know, even though he was in this game, and it's quite telling that we haven't really spoken about him because he doesn't really do much. He sort of bombs everywhere and. You know, he gets rid of wobbly walls and stuff, but he still adds percussion to the music. It is, a, it is um, nice that, but ultimately, but he melts as soon as he touches water. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's it's not a great implementation of one of my favourite Nintendo characters, you know. And it's a shame to say that because he's in he's there in all the you know the colour variants. If you eat different fruits, and I think he changes colour. Um, but yeah, uh, I just think the blue coins when I'm a, when I 120 shined it, sprited it back in the day. Oh, you did? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember just the reason why I had such a it left a bad taste in my mouth was because of these blue coins. I said to myself, "I'm never doing that but, again." But how never. did you find it? I mean, was it, I know the internet was still in its infancy, so, so was it talking to other people? Was it, it was I mean, I, chat I can, yeah. I can imagine you know Nintendo's idea is it's one of those things where you you get the shines now you know go and talk to your friends you know look in magazines ring the helpline do all that so stuff find where them. the blue coins are. <laughs> There's like 400 of them, maybe. Um, if, like, yeah, if, yeah. If, if, if what I'm saying is correct, like you know, there's, there's say, for example, 40 shine sprites associated with blue coins, and you need 10 blue coins to get a shine sprite. Like that's a lot of blue coins to be collecting. And I completed Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Uh, there are yeah 240 blue coins. Okay. Um, so there's 24 okay. of those. Yeah. Um, and there's like I noticed when I did Corona Mountain earlier. After there's there's a there's a boat section in in the lava which is maddening enough because any even if you brush oh. against any object it just immediately sinks. Also another I know we're, <laughs> we're just picking holes in it, but this is this is how I feel. I'm afraid. Mm. 
there's um, there's a really nice steam effect where you um, where you squirt the fire on the platform so you can land on it safely. But that obscures the spiky platform in front of you that you need to land on, which you need to time to get onto the next bit. That's the sort of again slightly sloppy design. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there are four blue coins I think, or something in that in that Corona Mountain uh -huh. area. And you just you you'd you'd have to sort of tease that boat around the edge of of this Not place without touching anything. I, I don't know if you can remember doing. Oh that, yeah, definitely. Darren, yeah, I remember going into Corona yeah. Mountain recently on this playthrough, and I saw those blue coins around Corona Mountain. I was like, yeah, because I toyed with the idea of getting the blue coins, and I saw them in Corona Mountain. I was like, <laughs> I'm never getting the blue coins again. No, thank you, because that boat is is so flimsy. It's like the Indiana Jones rickety bridge, but in boat form. You know, like I've been collecting blue coins as I've gone along this time mm -hmm. um, I probably did the first time as well and I must have I must have found a, a decent chunk of them but now I'm at that point where unless I use some sort of walkthrough or just go into each level and just look everywhere mm -hmm. and squirt everything I'm never going to know where they all are and for the for the reward of yeah, possibly a, sh a, a, a shirt or a or a nice photo um, and with a different message on I'm not sure I can be bothered. I, I I put that down to like many of the the newer Mario games where there's some absolutely very very hard run levels and stuff. I mean, collecting stuff is isn't quite the same as doing the super hard extra levels that the new Mario games brings. But I, I see that as an extra challenge for anybody that wants to to go that far. Um, you know, for me, I, I think it's all important that they they don't include them within the basic completion, and that can be done. That you don't necessarily need to get two hundred just to to progress. Yeah. Um, and it's for people like Darren want, who <laughs> wants to get one hundred and twenty. But you want and expect all the extra stuff in a Mario game to be fun and consistent and logical. And even if it is a bit, you know, it can be tricksy. Like you know, the stuff in Galaxy, which obviously hadn't come out at this point. Um, it's there's a lot of testy stuff, but it's not illogical. It's not. It doesn't the, feel the thing I liked know, about, arbitrary um, and random. Sixty four with the red coins, which essentially is the same idea, is that they, they this still has red coins. Yeah, but they course. they weren't hidden. So quite often you would see a red coin and go, okay, well I don't quite know how to get there, but I'll work it mm, out eventually, mm. and I'll come back into the level, and maybe there will be a you know, one of the levels you have to place you know, specifically to to be able to access it. Cool. But the the fact, like Darren says, that the blue coins are hidden in places where, you know, unless you read a guide or become very lucky and spray a wall without even contemplating the blue coins going to pop out, I think that's slightly unfair. Yeah. So the red coin levels in Super Mario Sunshine are uh, specific, as they were in '64, um, specific shines. But in this game, they're only there on that uh, level. Whereas on 64, they were always there. Is that right, I think? Mm, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, you could get that star just by, like, you could go to yeah. star one, you'd see the red coins in the world, and you go, oh, I'll get these That's instead. It. And then you get that red, you know, the red coin star, and it would be red coin star, yeah. on the list later on. So in this in this game, there's and, and there's they're kind of different. Um, for There's there's various uh, ways. One of them is the, the timed run around um, the hotel, which involves a lot of um, sort of, <clears throat> using the knowledge you gained I mean Delf the, the Hotel Delfino is kind of an odd one in itself and, and again feels almost in some ways more Zelda-ish than the Mario-ish in that you're kind of working your way around mazes mm. and um, looking for visual clues to, to stomp your way through floors or, or climb up through you know, hidden paintings and stuff like that interestingly uh, Koizumi the 
the director had worked, although he had worked on um, Mario before, he'd done a lot more work on um, Zelda oh. games as ma- mainly as a, I mean, he was an illustrator and a 3D mm. artist before he was a was a director, but he'd worked on like s- six or seven Zelda games and only only one or two Mario mm. games. So there is there might be something in that. Um, but other red coin challenges are, as I mentioned earlier, in the you know in the classic style of now you know how to control Mario and now you know your way around this level. Yeah, we're going to take you to the limits, the corners of this level, and all the, all its all its nooks and crannies. And and I, you know, I I still really enjoyed most of those. Oh, I just no, you didn't. No. You didn't Des. <laughs> I just I'm just reminded <laughs> of the riding the blooper for the red coins challenge. And oh, oh okay, yes, yeah, right, uh, I, right. I remember back in the day. KD consoles, Leighton Brothers Indie Shop, getting very angry at trying to grab that shine sprite on top of the. Is it like a like a deck chair or something? It's well, it's yeah, it's okay. Let's <laughs> let's describe this. What this this you go into this and the first thing you think is oh brilliant, like <laughs> Wave race. you know the the ne- <laughs> you know yeah you know the Nessie levels on 3D World recently. Mm. <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Only you climb onto the back of a of a little blooper fish type thing and you get you surfing around the water mm. it feels like when mario was surfing on shells mm-hmm. in in 64 mm-hmm. and 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 if you try it a few times you notice that the different colored bloopers have different handling and speeds as well and that's that's wow this is cool okay so i gotta i gotta um weave my way around the harbor without touching anything <laughs> bad to collect eight red coins that's a challenge okay so that happens after normally a a certain amount of dying and swearing, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Oh. And when you finally get the eighth and the shine appears, <laughs> it appears where you collected the blooper from, which was on a jetty, on a pier. So you think, okay, well, I'll just go and land my blooper somewhere and I'll go, and then I'll just walk up and pick up my shine that I've earned by collecting the red coins. But oh no, oh no, don't whatever you do put the blooper anywhere near any physical objects including the sandy shore because it will be you will be game over and you will well, you lose will a life lose yeah. a life oh, it's, and you'll have to do it all it's again it's so painful because like, you think you can like land on any surface and you hear the screeching noise of the blooper like a car you know handbraking like go screech and you're like yeah I'm going to stop screech no he's, no, he's not stopping you're like what the hell did I do wrong like, I landed on ground like the blooper is stationary when I got on him how about he becomes stationary again when we both hit dry land like it, you know that's fine I actually think the controls of the surfing on a blooper is, is okay the jumping's a bit weird because he sort of you lose a lot of momentum when you jump you think you could um, be able to move in the air a bit more as well yeah you know air control's not great but you know ultimately I think it's a, it is a good challenge I, I, I do think you can it's just the conclusion that bothers me <laughs> yeah. it's not the red coin bit I, I expect that to be difficult and yes if you're if you're going that fast and you fly and you go straight into a metal pole then yes okay i'll die i'll take i'll lose mm. a life that's fine i'll try to dodge it's it next time ending, but oh. the the conclusion of that and again that for me that sort of bit just sort of some sums up some of the problems and and it all all those little things and they are little things and we are just picking all these little things but there's loads of them that's the problem mm. there's loads of little things whereas i'm going to struggle i'm going to say this now i'm going to struggle to say anything bad about super mario galaxy so is it just me or is the camera too tight to Mario? I think it puts the hand it puts the camera in the hands of the players too much because you can pull that camera way out and you can zoom it right yeah. in and you can spin it around 360 completely. The problem is, is that it has no direction at all. Like Lakitu was the director in 64 
and it set a standard. Whereas this, for the way I remember it and experienced it recently, it was all up to me, and it didn't really. That sounds good in in ID. Oh, it's all up to me. I can do exactly what I want with the camera. But then you realise you've got to play the game as well, and it's actually like the camera doesn't really move with Mario's movements. That's that's what I mean. That, that when you first start the level, the camera uh, to me is quite tight. So that's the basic camera they would like you to use. So then you you readjust it. But the problem with readjusting it, it's never quite right. So instead of it being okay, here's your set camera, like it, yeah, Mario sixty four Galaxy, like a lot of those ones, they just get the camera right from the off. So I shouldn't have to. You know, alter it too much. Of course, there's always levels where you need to see around the corner a bit more or adjust mm. the camera just to get a bit further. But just the, the stock camera doesn't feel correct, so then you end up playing with it, and then you know, playing with it leads to disaster, in, in my opinion. Mm. So once again, just doesn't feel like it's right from the off. So you have to mess with it. Not traditional Mario feeling. So yeah, uh, I think the main main problems with the camera for me are it's not that you have so much too much control or that it's uh, too loose. I quite like the fact that you have control and it's loose. Problem one is that it's the illogical way round for me control wise on the um, yeah. Y axis. I mentioned that in the quick rinse. Mm. I couldn't handle that at all. Yeah, so left is right and right mm. is left. Now a lot of games used to do that, but most games for for the longest time now have given you the option, and I think some games even back then gave you the option. But Nintendo don't tend to offer those control options normally because because often because they nail their controls so well you would never think oh I'd want to change my Nintendo <laughs> controls um, but that that's an issue but I think the main problem with it is and you know this is probably technical stuff but it seems arbitrary whether the character like the we mentioned before that some of the problems with the Mario 64 camera as good as it generally was was that Lucky 2 was a real thing the camera was a solid object and would bounce off stuff and sometimes you physically couldn't turn mm. it more whereas in this game they tried to get around that and so sometimes a camera goes through things sometimes it bumps up against things sometimes it shows you as a shadow through things and it it just there, there are certain sections like I say the, the most mm. obvious one for me is the back of the electrified uh, big wheel mm where you're trying to climb up those cages oh. where you you, it, you can never get it where yeah. you need it to be it mm-hmm. becomes a, a real hellish mm. task where again you just want to be being Mario like for years for, you've played Mario Super Mario World climbing up cages and bopping Koopas off and, and it's challenging in all the right ways because Mario's control is pristine and, and you just want to get through the level and here you're just wrestling with the C-stick Get it, just go there. No, I can't see. There's a there's an electro Cooper. He's knocked me off the fence for the fourteenth time in a row. Mm. And stuff like I think that. for me the camera is a massive pain uh, when you enter the secret levels, which are like prototype galaxy type levels. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can pull the camera all the way out. You you know you kind of do naturally, and then you realise that you know the camera's all the way out, and therefore you can't really see where you're going because Mario's quite small on a, on a CRT. You know, it doesn't look the best in on a on a SCART cable and you know you, you think having for, for me you know for having perfect control of the camera would help me get from one end to the other but the amount of times I was just short of missing a jump in the void levels because of the camera but it wasn't sort of directing itself it kind of relied on me too much to sort of judge where Mario's shadow is going to be in relation to the level I just found that I just kept falling off one of the stages just over and over and over again because the camera wasn't as good as I wanted it to be and I just think 
you know, there's a reason why there are extra one ups in those levels. <laughs> not, not because the you know the levels are quite mm-hmm. hard, but I, I think like there's certain points where they give you a one up because maybe the the, the camera just isn't going to help you, and you know you'll probably die unfairly, which is a which is a, a really horrible thing to say because those levels are arguably the highlight for me. I, I think everything about them is 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 a joy. I remember a lot of people saying at the time, um, people who necessi- weren't necessarily over thrilled about Super Mario Sunshine as a whole saying why didn't they just do us a game of what what everyone called <laughs> void levels everyone called them <laughs> void levels and they're not void levels they're called and weirdly they're called the you know the secret of the mm. whatever in each each stage and normally you have to there's a there's a camera clue as to where you need to be going and then you go in this sub level and the sub level um these are the areas where instead of being kicked back out to the plaza when you die you start back at the start and yeah as you said Darren virtually all of them have a, a at least one one up halfway along um, because yeah your flood's taken away so this is where you're given full control over a uh, over a very precise uh, sharp responsive Mario without any floaty flood things oh you can go back to these levels later with the ah. flood I believe hmm. I really enjoyed most of those levels even though you know occasionally they could be you know frustrating but in a more you know in a more traditional mm. good mario i've died because i did it wrong way i missed mistimed the jump i didn't get my backflip right whatever the final one the the pianta uh, village secret brings into play piantas oh. who throw you uh mm. so this uh and again these are, this is just so weird um some okay what well, it's quickly beaten after after mm-hmm. a few attempts but it's a few attempts where you die because you didn't understand the rules before they threw you so some of them for instance some of them throw you a long way some of them throw you straight up um and one of them is marching backwards and forwards and you have to be in pretty much the exact limit of his walk before he throws you otherwise he throws you off the back of the next platform that's suspended in space that is learnable okay uh, i mean it's all learnable i should mm-hmm. say but the final one He's walking round in a circle, in a, well, in a square really, in an oblong, and you can the, sh- the shine is there, just waiting there to be plucked. And so I stood exactly halfway on this platform, exactly lined up with the shine, facing this way. So you talk to the pianta, and you know he's going to throw you over his shoulder to land on the platform. This pianta, unlike the others, throws you off at an <laughs> angle. So he throws you slightly, just slightly, over to the left. So you miss it. Pretty much, you're guaranteed to miss it the first time if if you've lined yourself up like you think you ought to. So you do it all again, and you line yourself up slightly off to the side. So he thro- when he throws you over his shoulder, like someone throwing salt over their you know right hand over left shoulder or whatever it is, you land on the platform. But again, stuff like that, not fun. Yeah. And again, the camera plays into that because pretty much where the camera's pointed as well sort of assists where Mario is also going to be. Like it, it's not a hundred percent like you know the camera's pointing that way, so therefore you're going to land there. But it sort of it it naturally just sort of moves Mario in a direction. I remember having to look directly at the shine sprite and then get the 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 Chuckster, I think he's called. Uh, Hi, I'm Chuckster, and you're like, oh yeah. great, here we go. Is it going to throw me in the cone like the, the sort of the triangle it wants me to land in? Yeah, but then the physics go a little bit crazy, and Mario bounces off of it, and you fall off, and you're like, well, I, d- I don't know what the game wants from me at this point, and. I should say that some of the things that really annoyed me the first time around annoyed me a lot less this time around. And I think this comes back to expectation. 
Um, I think I'd elevated the irritations of this game so much in my mind that when I came back to them, they weren't actually as bad as I recalled. So that uh, big wheel level didn't take me as long as I remember it. You know, I, I think I pretty much gave up on that last time just because it was annoying me so much. This time it only took me, you know, a handful of attempts. Similarly, kicking the um, <coughs> durian fruit around the plaza. Mm-hmm. Has anyone actually attempted this? You, you- you, sh- you score them in the in the goal basket type yeah. things. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, the first time around, I just thought this, this is just way too. The physics are just not reliable enough. It's way too arbitrary. If if you get it wrong, it's a pain. You have to go back all this way. But this time, I worked out the quickest route. There's a way you have to punt it across the water, and then you and th- yeah, I remember before you have to kick them up this hill, and I found that really annoying. And I don't know, maybe I've just got slightly better at you know 3D gaming and analog sticks mm. since then, but. You know, when I got them done, I looked back and I thought, actually, that wasn't quite as bad as I thought. And now I've done it and I feel really good. So, strangely, I was completely the opposite. The first time round, I was I was willing to to go for that stuff. <laughs> um, this time round, and as I say, normally every game that you know I, I put my name down, I, I go back and play again. I find it fascinating to revisit old classics. Um, and yeah. this one, all those little annoyances which I kind of just went, well, they're part of the game progress, I don't really mm. know anymore. I'm thinking of all the other Mario games which I've played where that stuff doesn't exist and they, they built up into me where I'm like, you know what? I, I have completed this game. I have memories of this stuff. I can easily refresh those memories by, by going to, you know, just looking at videos, etc. And, you know, after you know 30 or so <laughs> shines, I went, yeah, that's kind of enough for me. Like, there's enough annoyances mm. in here. Um, and there's, you know, I, I've got plenty more Mario to play in um, Galaxy 2, which I've, I've never played before. That, um, wow. you know, I, I'm going to kind of put my, my, Gal- you know, my Mario brain more towards something which I, I think will be superior. So that stuff just elevated and become annoyance rather than, you know, the the great memories I had the first time through so it's a real mixed bag I've, I've said before I, you know, I love Galaxy 2 but I think because I adore Galaxy 1 so much I never quite had the same uh, affection for Galaxy 2 but you are going to into Galaxy 2 off the back of Sunshine so it yeah, may feel, it may to you feel like the greatest game ever true, made true but I had I have hugely fun, fun memories of Galaxy 1 uh, we must move on to our, some of our listener correspondence Tony do you want to read this brief one from Hayes Redmist Love the water jet mechanics and wide open levels. The game holds up pretty well too, having revisited it fairly recently. Uh, Cass says, I grew up a Sony kid for the most part, and besides Super Mario Land on the original black and white Game Boy, Super Mario Sunshine was my introduction to the series, which is probably for the best, actually. Having subsequently played Mario 64 and Galaxy, this game really doesn't feel much like a Mario game. Between the weirdly open-world Delfino Plaza, the Piantas and Nokis, the general tropical theme, and of course the Flood, Mario Sunshine feels weird as hell compared to the more mainstream Mario titles. I do love it for its weirdness though. It throws a lot at the wall and certainly not all of it sticks. The flood is interesting but unwieldy and too many puzzles live or die by its frustrating controls. It's still very satisfying to clean that gunk off the beautiful island. Adelfino feels like a holiday to me. I gather not a lot of people like the prevalence of the tropical theme and compared to 64 and Galaxy it does feel a little one note. Considered by itself though, Adelfino feels much more cohesive as a setting for a game than most Mario games. And they still do some stunning things, both with the tropical theme and extensions of it. Plus those secret worlds with the acapella music still make me grin from ear to ear. 
Mario 64 changed the way games would be played for console generations, so for its successor to be just this laid-back, flawed experiment naturally felt like a cheat, and I remember the great wailing and gnashing of teeth that this game caused when it came out. But I remember it as my first Mario game, a fun little side project that was a welcome relief from the emerging grimdark of the late 90s and early 2000s. For all its flaws, Sunshine really can't help but make me smile, and I can't really think of much higher praise than that. Mr. Flabio, he says, I don't like Mario Sunshine, but I've always found it very difficult to articulate why. That's uh, very apt. All the elements of a great 3D, 3D platforming caper are there. Interesting level layouts. Uh, varying challenges that sometimes test your speed, other times your precision. A decent amount of hidden things. But none of it seems to join up. It feels a little thrown together. Like there are elements from several different competing game designs all trying to get in on, into the same game. And the controls seem oddly imprecise for a Mario title. It was playing this that put me off even wanting to try Mario 64. Tony with Suzifers. I really liked Sunshine, but it really felt like a step back after Mario 64. The levels didn't feel as tight as those found in previous in the previous game. The most annoying thing was the camera, and how did they manage to mess up that after Mario 64? Harry G says, I spent the summer of the year after this game was released playing the game with my wife. It was her first Mario experience, and she loved it. As for myself, I enjoyed the shared experience with my wife, fiancé at the time, more than the game itself. Sure, it had the usual Mario charm, and it was fun, but it felt more like a side entry than a mainstream Mario title. And that isn't what I wanted. Dom's beard. He says, A flawed gem. I liked Flood, and it was beautiful to look at, but but it didn't quite click with me as much as any other Marios did. It was far more in, it was far more testing than any other I'd played before, and the levels where Flood was taken I found extremely difficult, as you spent many hours getting used to jumping with Flood. It's cute, fun, but it's nowhere near a World Galaxy or 64. Uh, Chase 210. I really enjoyed the Flood mechanic as it made a distinct game from Mario 64. Thought the game looked really nice, still does, but it, I wasn't a fan of the Flood-less levels at the time. I thought they were restrictive. Overall, great hmm. game. Shame it ne- it's never been re-released. So, definitely an opinion. That's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's not one that way round. I've heard so many times where... Uh, but I, I think that there is um, there is something It does make sense. Dom's Beard said it as well, that you get so used to relying on the hovering of the flood to suddenly have it removed, you do feel... I, I wouldn't say restricted would be my word for it, but it, you feel naked. You certainly feel... Um, Fra- uh, vulnerable, I would say, to, to to falling off. Whereas with with the flood uh, hover thing, you've always got you always feel like you've got the chance of saving yourself, even if the Get actual jail like the yeah. But the in air the in air turning of the flood is in- incredibly slow, and often oftentimes you try to save yourself with that. If you've gone too far, you you're not coming back from <laughs> basically. Electric Crocosaurus says, I'd love to write a detailed commentary on Super Mario Sunshine, but the truth is I hardly remember anything about it. I remember the visuals, which were gorgeous as usual, and I remember giving up before the end because I found it frustrating. The fact that I remember so little about a mainline Mario game marks it out as a disappointment in my book. I certainly wouldn't recommend it to anyone new to the series, as it lacks the historical importance of Mario 64 and is nowhere near as refined as the Galaxy games. Uh, Woodfeller says Super Mario Sunshine is still an absolutely gorgeous game it's also bright and colourful it's also still immensely fun to just run around Delfino Plaza Mario controls and moves so well in this one he's nippy agile something that was lost in other Galaxy games side flipping wall kicking uh, bouncing off market stalls and best of all spraying uh, water and belly sliding forever and again just to do that 
ignore the main game, just pelt about, jump high, kick some durians, lob some melons and have a blast and sing along to the fantastic soundtrack. As ever, we like to finish with mm. one of the most positive comments because we are lovers, not haters, even though we have been slightly mm. hating on Super Mario Sunshine. We, critical, not hating. Critical, not <laughs> hating, absolutely. Uh, disappointed and frustrated, perhaps. But uh, summaries to come. Before then, let's continue in the same order with the three-word reviews. This first one will need a censorship. Mm. <laughs> Steve Robinson. Stupid th- camera. Glenn Watts says, probably best forgotten. Hayes Red Mist. The Ugly Duckling. Brad Davis. Unpolished, but enjoyable. Andy Rodriguez. In different words, the same sentiment. Messy, but fun. Uh, yeah, the the man himself, Inran Yusuf, um, old friend of mine. Well, I say old, old work colleague of mine. QA'd on Shemu, and now is a is a is a semi. Did he? Yeah, yeah, Shemu uh, QA'd Shemu, and now he's a he's a he's a well, he's not a well known TV comedian. comic. Yeah, he's definitely a comedian on TV, and uh, yeah, excuse. Yeah. I remember watching him on TV one 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 night. I was like, is that Imran? It's like, yeah, he's actually made it. He always wanted to be a comedian, and he's he's actually made it. Yeah. So he says. Uh, yes, shine get. Now, this is a tricky one. Um, as ever, we want to be honest and heartfelt, um, positive and negative, but hyperbole-free, positive and negative as well. Um, overall feelings on the game. Um, and I suppose this is an odd one, because as I said, this game has never been... It's never been repa- It might have been repackaged as a like Nintendo, the greatest hits, best you know, twenty quid release on GameCube. But it never had a, it never had a new play control release. It never had a DS release. Never had a. It's not had a an HD version. No Virtual Console. Obviously, there's no GameCube stuff on Virtual Console. There is no Sunshine follow-up sequel. The only things we've seen, I suppose, are um, levels in Mario mm. Kart Wii, Mario Kart Eight. Uh, yeah, Mario Kart Eight's got, got one. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but very little uh, in the way of Super Mario Sunshine Legacy. Um, so I guess part of our summary could be: Would you know? Would we like any kind of follow-up or remake or whatever? But hmm. mainly, what do we think about the game? Starting with Tony. It is interesting you talk about that legacy because it it's it isn't there. And like I say, there is this feeling that it it was a an odd game within the Mario franchise and and. As I said before, I I really enjoyed it the first time I played it, and I and but the feeling this time wasn't quite as mutual. There, the issues we've we've gone in depth are are, are numerous. Um, this and I think a lot of this probably comes down to me. You know, I don't like the setting, um, and because of that, um, it kind of bleeds throughout the rest of the gameplay experience. I think floods a good idea and I think it worked really well in the platforming but I don't like the in- implementation of it in this stop start gameplay that it produces when you're having to clean areas um, so it's it's an odd one for me and it's um, it's almost it's like a reaction piece to what Mario 64 was where people were saying well you know the paintings really feel really abstract and the worlds feel really abstract but actually what I like about Mario is that the abstract worlds you know there may be a lava world there may be a water world but all that stuff works really well within the Mario context um, so coming to Galaxy or coming coming to Sunshine not having that stuff be quite as peripheral as you normally have feels quite odd and it and it sets a tone that, that just didn't gel with me this time around um and you know maybe it's a it's a part of me that just wants to see green hills and you know um that kind of the the 
the bomb dog at the start of Mario 64, you know, it fits within the context of that world. Chain um, Chomp, Tony. Chain Chomp. Yeah, <laughs> Chain Chomp. Like, it, that stuff just fits within Mario for me, and a lot a lot of what they try to achieve in Sunshine just fits really offbeat with what um, uh, the mainstay of Mario games. Yeah, Galaxy kind of proves all that wrong because <laughs> it just takes it in a whole different direction. Um, so for me, I don't think it is a, a great Mario game, but like all Mario games, to say it's not great doesn't mean that it isn't a good fun game to play there's some really solid platforming in there um, there's some bosses that I really liked we didn't get round to talking about um, and I think there's elements like if you're into your Mario games you should of course play Super Mario Sunshine but I, I don't think it's a you know it, it's a particularly you know standout game in the Mario franchise and, and I think it, it has that kind of checkered opinion and I, and I think it's there for a reason even if it, it wasn't there within the reuse at the very start yeah, it bears a lot of the hallmarks, Super Mario Sunshine, of a game with a new director uh, on a new platform, a new generation of machines, um, perhaps one that was rushed, uh, or at least certain elements of it feel rushed to me. Um, and this was, you know, up to that point, a Mario, it was un- inconceivable that not only would I not fully complete a Mario game, I wouldn't even do the basic story completion get to get to the final boss and um and even see the basic ending i got too annoyed with all the many many quirks and foibles and issues and shortcomings that i found the game had and maybe i'd have stuck with it more if it had more of the aesthetic stuff that i liked and was familiar with more of the traditional mario stuff but actually i feel it's more the other way around that i would have embraced the sunshine setting the vibe the theme the tropical island the holiday thing the new characters all of that if the game had been more enjoyable to me if it had been just the pure quality for its time that i found 64 and galaxy to be later on i would have just well okay so it's you know it's in a different place but it doesn't matter because it's it's a tip top absolutely peerless 3d mario platformer um I'm really glad, you know, this has happened quite a few times with Kane and Rince. It's one of the reasons I decided on this particular format for this podcast was that it would give me the excuse to revisit older things, complete things in my backlog. Um, and I'm so pleased. I'm, you know, I would have, I would have rebought a copy um, if had I not a friend nearby who who had it. Um, I'm so pleased I went back to it. Um, not because I've had a revelation about oh actually it's it's the lost classic and yes it's my favourite Mario game it isn't it's probably my least favourite Mario game um, but it, I don't hate it I don't think it's rubbish I don't think it's terrible mm. it's just got a lot of rough edges around some really fun stuff mm. a, a large I don't know you know it's got no game clock I don't know how many hours I played it for to get the 84 odd shine sprites that I've got but the the majority of the time I was having a good time it it probably never hit the heights that Galaxy for me kind of effortlessly reaches or or 64 um, before it probably more pertinently but as an overall you know being in a game world and doing fun things and leaping about and you know finding secrets and just playing um, Super Mario Sunshine uh, yeah I had, I, had, I had good fun with it it's just just so much less uh, don't want to use the word perfect but hmm. it is it is words like refined and polished that you know we keep coming back to them because they work it it just feels it feels odd and it it 
it's got again you know i talk so much about the, the the atmosphere of super mario 64 that i loved super mario sunshine has its own thing i don't hate it i don't hate the vibe but i don't love it and it doesn't speak to me mm. but it's still a cool game i think overall for me yeah i think back in the day after i finished my shine get japanese version i would have told you no don't play this game because it doesn't <laughs> live up to mario 64 in any way this is that was my genuine opinion of the game and I, you know, I played it here and there with my USA and PAL versions, and I was never really uh, compelled to play to, you know, to Bowser. Uh, recently, in 2014, I played through, you know, 52 shines, I think, in the end, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um, I think expectation had a, had a lot had a lot to do with my, um, you know, overall opinion of the game. And there is a real, there is a good game under here. There really is. It's just hiding under layers of confusion and sometimes poor design choices and i yeah i just think if you were i i think people should play sunshine not because it's it's a great game not because you know it's it's an amazing game but just because it's interesting that nintendo sort of went in this direction for the gamecube like you kind of think that they're going this direction for a more popular console like the Wii like you know they take more risks on well, the Wii they didn't know the time that the GameCube was going to be well that's it but like I think flatline after the N64 where people deemed it as you know not a Playstation killer or anything why like they, they took a sharp direction with not releasing a Mario game on the console launch you know it was a lot of risks taken with this well, era but they of... clearly wanted to make sure that it, it didn't have the problems we've talked about mm. Yet, you know, it, it stumbles into them. It, it does have a few yeah. odd glitches. So, yeah, they, they, they took risks, and I appreciate it for that. And, uh, you know, they, they, they course-corrected, and they, they, they're back in the Mushroom Kingdom with Mario games. But this is definitely a game you should play. Uh, just maybe not to 120 stars. Oh, shines, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if they made uh, a Wind Waker-style Wii U HD remake, fix the camera, and maybe just refine some of the, the, you know, things like that blooper section, things like that, uh, I would probably play it again um, if you know if it looked as good as it could look as if it looked as good as I know it's different style and self shaded thing with Wind mm-hmm. Waker but if it looked that gorgeous HD and if they polished off a lot of these rough edges that we've we've talked at length about I think I'd I'd own that I would mm. I would rebuy it so that's Super Mario Sunshine I hope uh, we yeah uh, it, it's odd because we started saying yeah not everyone hates this game then we did we were very critical of it but I think I uh, hope we've managed to get across in the end that I don't think many people do hate this game they're just very critical of its mm. shortcomings and that's that's not the same thing no. uh, not at all so it just remains for me Leon Cox to thank Tony and Darren and uh, next time it's single player co-op action with Starbreeze's tale of symbiotic siblings brothers a tale of two sons until then <laughs> Dum 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 d